0: At long last, I am
1: able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government, Government is not the solution to our, our problem at all. Well. morning, again. in America. Big Yes, we can. Uh, Government the is, is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal.
0: My name's Tim, I'm a conservative.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website, libcon.podbean.com. We're in the iTunes store. We're in the Google play store. We're on the stitcher you Buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called things I want. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at libcon. Matt, Tim is at libcon. Tim. Uh, I feel like I did that very quickly.
0: You did. I, you I, did. It I, was I good. Though. I, I, I yeah. was, it was, it was I good. I, I
1: could, I, I don't yeah. know that I'll
0: do that again. That may be yeah. the best. And I and thought about that. saying, yeah, I thought, <laughs> I really thought about tweeting some, that maybe I'm going to, maybe who knows, maybe this week it'll actually happen.
1: Yeah, as much as I was bragging, I knew, well, the last time we were talking about it, when I was bragging about how I I, I pinned the tweets for the new shows at the top of the page. Yeah, apparently I've been forgetting to do that, and the my my the nice. pinned tweet from the top of my at the top of my uh, Twitter feed was that we were taking
0: a break back at the uh, end of May. nice awesome. So. We're back. We've been back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the third show since we returned to, our, to
1: drop the ball. Our glory. <laughs>
0: Whoops.
1: Right. So anyhow, are you well?
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I'm great. I'm good. Living the dream.
1: Yeah, ready yeah, to talk man. some politics, it's, man. It is. It is. North Carolina is in its is in fine July form right now. Let me just get that out there because it's oh, uh, it's,
0: it's, it's, oh, i, it's I, I, un- I mean, mercilessly it's mercilessly hot around here. Yeah, I can't even. I do not miss that at all. I, I, I mean, I I I I it's pretty hot. I think for we're lucky like lucky right now, it's going to be, be like
1: 99, 98, 100 the next three days. It's yeah.
0: No, I just can't even function. and that kind of heat
1: it's exhausting and with the the, doing this new workout routine i'm just i I feel like i have no energy whatsoever i mean it's good it's all very good except for the heat you know to but throw the man the hell with this
0: that's why you gotta swim bro i love swimming it's so nice it's all working out is almost relaxing like yeah it's great i love i love the swimming
1: yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I should take up swimming. I don't know. Anyhow, we gotta get going. We're, anyway, we're trying to politics. keep this one right at an hour. Let's do it. Right go. an hour. Here we go. We, I, I, th- I think we have to lead off with uh, just thoughts uh, out to Senator John McCain and his family. Uh, really hard news. I, I think the last last couple of days for him and, and his people about uh, obviously his illness that kept him away last couple of weeks was far more serious than they originally let out for uh, for obvious reasons
0: yeah Um, let out or maybe even thought i mean it sounds like this is one of those like horrible gray's anatomy kind of scenarios where they you know guy goes goes in for a blood clot and boom you've got brain cancer it's like worst worst nightmare so yeah just awful prayers prayers for him and for his family
1: yeah, you know it's 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 a it's a tough thing. I am I am hard on Senator McCain because I disagree with Senator McCain. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery and return to the Senate. Uh, nothing, no, nothing more than that. He's he's the guy is is an American hero, no doubt.
0: Uh, he really is. You know, as uh, as much as uh, you know, I've had my struggles with him as my ex. You know, my ex boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> it's really. Um, how does your
1: wife feel about that?
0: Yeah. It's still, um, yeah, he he is, he is without a doubt an American hero. So yeah, wish him all the best.
1: Yeah. Sending, sending thoughts his way. Um, so on that note, uh, uh, it is. I mean, I, it it sucks to bring it up in this manner, but it is another blow to the any any sort of healthcare. But I don't. But you know what? The, I think with or without McCain, it was already. Thing, it was. It was done. I mean, it yeah, was done. And it, the thing it died.
0: That, it died. It died the moment the the next two turned Mike Lee and then the other one. Uh, yeah.
1: And the, the yeah. thing that the thing that I think, but I do think that McCain's illness and absence over all this, even before his cancer diagnosis, that it, it it just showed the fragility of what it is of 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 their stances on healthcare. Because if you're if you have this amazing majority that they've all claimed that they got in the fall, but one person's absence can derail an entire project, you're not on that solid a ground anyway.
0: I'm mm-hmm. sorry, you're
1: just not. So Um, You know, this continues to be a mess. Uh, McConnell immediately came back with, well, we're just going to repeal and then push it on down the line for two years to replace.
0: Because that's the
1: American way. And that that one...
0: That got shot down immediately, right? That got shot down almost right away. I don't even
1: think they got to 40 votes by the time... Yeah, I don't think they did.
0: I know there were three women who were kind of leading the uh, pact against it. Um,
1: Um, Trump, for all of his you know was really a stand up guy like we all expected him to be and and just jumped in there and decided he was going to now nah, I can't even say it he said let it fail i'm not going to own it that's leadership ladies and gentlemen right there that's right the there of that's how you stand up lead. dude right you know, there that's how you do it you that's what own you do. the problem that's right you stand yeah, up and say I'm yes not we can own
0: it oh man
1: yeah oh, god okay so i mean this to me this the one thing that that you know Uh, this has to kind of Mitch McConnell's reputation in the Senate was built on this image of him as the consummate Wheeler and dealer in the Senate. He's the guy that gets the, gets the troops in line,
0: everybody on the train and off we go. Uh, How did he earn that? What troops was, did he ever get on board? I, I don't, I saw that, you know, this idea of him as a deal. I mean, I, Get the idea of him as the consummate Washington lifetime politician uh, who goes whichever way the wind does, but I, what deals I, well, I guess him and Biden worked well, out but, a deal, but that seemed to be more about Biden than about him. Right. But wait, okay. But
1: see that, that's, that, that's kind of what I was getting at is that it, it doesn't this prove that to be largely a myth. Yeah, that he wasn't this deal. And What he was was the kind of guy who could force the troops to kind of snap them in line when they needed to shut up and just oppose something. But when it comes to actually getting shit done,
0: he he, I, he can't do it. Yeah, I think you can't do show it. Show me, show me the money. Where's it at? I yeah,
1: I I genuinely as a, as a as a Kentuckian, someone who. Uh, Still considers himself to be a Kentuckian, lived in Kentucky for a a good chunk of my life, has had people in Kentucky my whole life, been visiting there my whole life, and Mitch McConnell's name has been associated with Kentucky politics as long as I've been alive. And certainly my entire adult life. And I will tell you right now, I cannot name you one specific piece of legislation that is really significant, that's associated with Mitch McConnell. Can you?
0: No, nor nor can I name or point to, like, here's something awesome he's done for Kentucky, or this is the awesome thing that he's done for Louisville. And maybe that's because I I just don't know, right? I mean, undoubtedly, there's Mitch McConnell fans out there who will point to all these awesome things that he's done. Uh, But I can't, you know? And when you juxtapose that against the... Oh shoot! Who's the guy from Somerset? Walter Walter Jones—is that his name? Mm, I think so. You're not. What? Hal Rogers? Hal Rogers. Not, wow! I don't know yeah. where Walter Jones came from. Hal Rogers. Know. You point, look at Hal Rogers, and I can right. I can point to multiple things just in Somerset. Uh, yeah, he's, and that, he's
1: not even a well. Hal Rogers is a. He's a,
0: he's a, 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 is a is Republican in Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you know, and he's, a, he's not even a senator. Him. He's a house. He's, he's a house. Yeah. But he, he's gotten these things. You know, accomplished for for us and for the area, um, but yeah, McConnell. And, no, I no, mean, I and no. honestly,
1: I can kind of say the same thing about Rand Paul. Now, Rand Paul to me actually contributes to the discourse but I'm not sure I can name beyond that. I, I don't know that I can Kentucky. name anything that could for Kentucky that
0: he's now. Talking. And maybe that's the point, right? Maybe house representatives are expected to, to do more for their area. Whereas senators, you are, more, are meant to be this sort of uh, more nationally focused legislative league of gentlemen sort of thing. Um, but I can't point to anything from McConnell that he's, Amazing thing is accomplished. Aside from the one, the one thing that he and Biden did uh, with with the, which was just succeeding and not shutting down the government. Good job, I yeah, thumbs guess. up. You know, you know like I mean, way yeah. to do the bare minimum expected for your job. Like. <laughs> Awesome.
1: Thumbs up. Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: what's his and what what is McConnell's and Rand Paul's relationship like? Have you ever heard anything about this? Because they I don't I don't think they like each other very much. I can't I I, I can't imagine they do.
1: My understanding is that they are they are not they are not friendly. Um Mm. is what I've heard. And their offices do not coordinate beyond the the normal coordination that he has to have because they're both members of the same caucus
0: yeah you know well, that's a shame
1: um, uh yeah you know i mean and it, well i mean and it proves that they are really at their hearts just self-serving politicians i mean they, they they really do not either one of them have i think the interests of kentucky at heart i think Rand paul has his own interests at heart i think that's always been the case witness his his run for president for the presidency uh and uh and mitch mcconnell is the consummate partisan right he doesn't really i don't even know that he gives a crap about himself he gives a or he gives a crap about the republican party period that's all that really matters to him and that comes first
0: it feels that way yeah
1: yeah at least that's the way he behaves so most of the time i think so um, okay, so just uh, uh, just an interesting thing to throw out there that I thought of is that you know because the 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 thing that kills me is that where the Republicans seem to be losing this is that this is this is a leadership issue to me. Obviously, Trump is you know eight, uh, and then McConnell uh, for whatever reason can't seem to pull this off either. So, uh, is it even possible if you had? Twenty five Democrats you know, or twenty eight Democrats and twenty five Republicans, everybody pull together, ignore the party leadership entirely, throw a bill together and vote on it and, and bring it up for a vote. Can they do that? I don't know if they can, if they just decided, you know what? Fuck you guys. Y'all don't know what you're doing. So we're going to put something together and they have 50 plus votes. And it is really true. Bipartisan legislation with Mitch McConnell sitting on the sidelines.
0: Well, I mean, sure, right? Like, I don't. I mean, I, I, I guess it does. I guess there's always tricks that the Senate leader could pull. I mean, if he was against it, as far as finding ways to not allowing it to get a vote. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I I think the one of the the bigger issue that I think that this exposes is the complete lack of agreement within the Republican Party on what healthcare should look like. Uh, Oh, no doubt. No doubt. This bill got sank, not but sunk, sank, sunk. This bill was sunk by, Uh not by this block of uber conservatives and not by this block of moderates, but by a couple uber conservatives and a couple of moderates. Right. It wasn't conservative enough. For Rand Paul and his ilk, and it wasn't uh, moderate enough for uh, Senator Lisa something Murkowski. Um, Murkowski, you know, was moderate or Susan, for, or Susan for, and Collins. Yeah, so there's just no agreement there on how to accomplish healthcare. Um, well, I feel like shows, it's not.
1: It's, it it goes it goes to show that this is this was never about. This was about beating Obama. This was about stopping Obamacare. It wasn't about fixing a broken health care system to them. It was about keeping Obama in check.
0: Well, and I think man and, I, don't, I don't
1: know. And now, particularly for Trump, I think it's about it's not about it's not about fixing a problem. It's about winning. It's about being able to put that check mark on on his to-do list. Yes, I repealed Obamacare. That's what it's about. It doesn't actually it has nothing to do with, with actual problem solving. It's just about getting the win.
0: Well, I'll probably give you that for Trump, right? Like that it's just about getting the I W for him. I think it's that way for McConnell these but, days anymore. I really do. Uh, well, getting the win for the, well, I mean, all right, maybe maybe for him too. I don't know. But I I, I don't want to, you know, relegate all, all the Republicans in Congress, just a bunch of hacks who are trying to um, block the Democrats. You know, I, I think that. A lot of them, they were able to unite around what they had in common, which was that they didn't like Obamacare. But now that the goal has to be actually creating a healthcare plan, they all have different ideas about the way that that should be done. And they never in those eight years under Obama took the time to really coalesce around a plan. Uh, Ryan was on a path to trying to do that, but it was too little, too late. Um,
1: none of these have been actual healthcare bills. It's like Obama pointed out. These have all been spending bills. It's that reconciliation issue again. It's, it's not, it's not that they've actually figured out this is what we want healthcare to be. We want it to be this amalgamation of a of you know a single payer system and an employer based system or we want it to be a single payer or we don't want it to be a single payer or we you know whatever they've never sat down and said okay this is what we want it to look like
0: yeah they've just there's, gone yeah.
1: through and said okay, we you know we don't like that and we're not really crazy about that and that's okay and you know uh, but the, you know it's just it's a bunch of random little things it's it's not a plan
0: Correct. There is no overarching plan, and, and Ryan has put forth that you know we're going to we do this part first, and then we will do the others. But he hasn't come out with, and this is exactly how we're going to do those other things. Um, yeah, you know, it's just I, don't I,
1: worry. I, we're going to come up with it. Don't, don't worry. worry we're going to
0: handle it. Well, we'll I'm sorry, it out. we you haven't handled this much, you know. So. Uh, I mean, i sorry to get scriptural on you, but if you can't be trusted in small things, you can't be trusted with the big things. So that's good advice. Thanks Jesus.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just wacky healthcare things going on and I, I got nothing else. So I, uh, this, the uh, Fox news reporter walked out of, uh, uh, Walked out of an, an off another off camera press briefing. With, a
0: Fox News reporter <laughs> walked we out. Were just talking about this. Yeah. The Fox News reporter did it. There and you go,
1: Fox. Of, of of course, someone from the administration, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, had a snide remark to make about it, and, and the guy turned around and and uh, the reporter turned around and and hit right back with a with a crack about the fact that none of these briefings are on camera. I feel like all these people are, are, are seven years old. They're every single person in this administration. It just cannot take any amount of criticism and they take, there's no such thing as responsibility. There's no nothing. They have not held an on-camera press briefing in almost a month.
0: And, and that's getting, you got I, to I be know. kidding for, me. For me, this is, this is getting uh, unsettling, right? Uh, Oh, it's not getting unsettling. It is unsettling to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's out. been unsettling. And, like and the idea the that they're
1: normalizing this by saying, well, you guys are so mean and just saying all this bad stuff about us and you know, so pooey on you, we're not going to have our press briefings. But it's, it's, it's worse than that. They're trying to normalize it by turning it into a, a schoolyard, neener, neener, neener thing, but it's really not. It's like you said, it's worse than that.
0: Yeah, really, I mean, this is about one of our, we can talk about checks and balances and you know, the Supreme Court and Congress and the presidency, but a primary form uh, of, of checks and balances in our, in our country is the press. Um, this is one of our primary methods of keeping our, uh, our leadership um, in check. You know, this is, this is our primary way of making sure that they're doing their jobs, that they're they're doing the things that we that we hire them to do, um, is through our press. You know, the, the press are, they, they work for us. You know, they're the ones getting in there, digging up and find out what's going on. I can't go sort through Hillary's emails and sort through Trump's BS and uh, find out things that, you know, find out about this meeting with... Uh, donald trump jr because let's we wouldn't even know about this if it wasn't for the new york times they they can say all they want oh well he he, he released it before that he released it because he knew that the times had the story and was going to run with it that's why he released it so it's this is bad for america the no. way that this has gone with the press uh,
1: well, and just the fact that it's, that it, for, to a certain extent it's working and it's, and it is the same thing. That's always been a thing with Trump. If, if somebody says a mean thing about him, something that he doesn't like, it's like the thing with the hands and the magazine he keeps sending to the guy, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like John Oliver reported on and, and that he's managed to spread it around to so many people who at one point I might've said, I disagree with these people, but I think they're generally sort of right thinking folks like Mike Huckabee, Mike, Mike Huckabee. I, I I, don't agree with the guy. I think he's a Bible thumper and he drives me up a fucking wall. But the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, that, you know what? I can live with disagreeing with people, but Huckabee has turned around into this little fake news. Uh, Trumpkin. That, uh, that it just, it blows my mind that he would put up with this and that his daughter would put up with this. I'm like, you have to have been raised better than this. I mean, this is not, you know, Trump, Donald Trump's MO his entire life has been, if somebody says something mean to you, then you just say something meaner back and threaten to sue them. And that's basically what he's done, what he's trying to do with the press. And if he doesn't get his way, then he just closes his door and pouts.
0: Yeah, which is unacceptable. You're you're the president of the United States. You don't get to close your door. You you serve at the mercy of the people. You are you are not allowed to just shut your door on our representatives, which is the press, especially nowadays with the, with the way that the the internet has opened up all of these new uh, news organizations and news sources that you know we're we're getting to send people in to To under try to understand what's going on, and we're able to interact with them much more intimately than we were in you know thirty years ago when just watching TV the the, the anchor man on TV. Um, yeah, this is the and, sort of stuff that's done in in Russia, in um, Turkey, in countries that we do not want to be associated. We don't want our name associated in the same level. Um, with how we're handling our press. We don't want to be anything like them. We want to be the opposite of the way that those countries are, but sadly we're resembling them more and more. And the Republican party needs to stand up against this trend.
1: Yeah. Instead of playing sycophant to it, which is what they're doing, you know, so much. It's just, Oh my God.
0: Well, and all this talk about Huckabee, what, what happened to Sean Spicer? Where did where'd he go?
1: Uh, I I don't know. Did Saturday Night Live make too much fun of him? I I, I he I, I
0: always he I thought he always took that stuff well. He 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 laughed most of that. He got a little well, up, yeah. But tr- un- well, subtle. yeah, he did. Impressive. But Trump does. Trump, Trump doesn't. But Sean Spicer did. He always took it. He always took it. With a with a smile and a right. chuckle, But I th- um, I think
1: that uh, no, but I think Trump saw that as damaging him, so he pulled Spicer.
0: That's what I'm wondering. Like, I did, did is that what happened? That's what I'm Has saying. Spicer I'm not giving. It, it, is he gone?
1: I, I'm, he's still around, yeah, to a certain extent,
0: but he doesn't.
1: But they don't do anything on camera, even if he was there. How the hell would you know? How would
0: we know? Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's no good. You know,
1: I, I got nothing. Speaking of sycophantic, John Huntsman. Uh, Whoa! Is, is, Whoa. I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Breathe, 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 breathe. <sighs> Deep whew. breath. Deep breath. It's okay. <sighs> <laughs> oh. oh, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's okay. It was a joke. it's a joke. Relax. Uh, I was interested by the choice of John Huntsman as ambassador to Russia, at least in part because Trump called him weak at one point, said he was not. Just, you know, did all this name calling with him and now he's not weak. He's the ambassador to Russia. If anything, this made me feel better because I do think that Huntsman is a good ambassador. I'm not convinced that he's some of the stuff that I've read about him behind the scenes after the fact. He he doesn't strike me as the most terribly focused kind of guy. And I don't know that I'd be comfortable supporting him for president again. But uh, but he I I do think he does a good job as an ambassador and it's an interesting call to send him to Russia because I do think he will stand up to the Russians. So, well, absolutely. And this is,
0: this is one of the little enigmas of Trump is that, uh, while some of his appointees, you sort of sit there and what, um, but other ones, I mean, he made, he's made some very stellar, Appointments, and you just go, yeah, wow, perfect, great. Just a little surprised, but great. Uh, and I think Huntsman falls well, under that category. You know, great. I I've read about that somewhere. He There's was sunshine and dog's ass. He was. Well, he was. He was. You know, Huntsman was a the ambassador to China. Great job. And now he's going to be the ambassador to Russia, where I think again he'll do he'll do a great job. Uh, and I think it speaks to him. Now, he did. The only time I've ever disagreed with Huntsman was when the... Uh, is he had, because he did. Yeah, he the, did
1: come out and say that they needed to get
0: behind him. You're right. They needed to get behind Trump. Was. Yeah. And I certainly haven't heard him critiquing many things from the president's mouth. Um, and I, I can't get behind that. Uh, but... Uh, I, I can only assume, based on you know my love of Huntsman, that someone that I like that much couldn't possibly like the president. Uh, but that he is stepping up to serve when asked. You know, the same way that you know he people tried to mock him for serving under Obama, and he was very clear with them that when the president of my country asked me to serve, I serve. Uh, and here again, the president of his country asked him to serve and he's going to serve so good for you john huntsman
1: yeah i you know i'm i'm in total agreement you know um in that respect so you know and again we need somebody in this position with russia who's not going to take any crap from the russians and uh huntsman i think definitely fits that bill so you know good on him you know but i mean speaking of i I didn't put this in 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 anything i sent to you but uh, speaking of bad appointments. Uh he is recently appointed to the top scientific post of uh the uh United States Department of Agriculture, head scientist at the USDA, sort of an important thing, right? You'd think you'd want a scientist. No. We want Sam Clovis with his doctorate in public administration, right-wing radio talk show host from Iowa.
0: Well, you know, administration. <laughs> word Um, anyway yeah well and this goes back to you know there's that lack of the basic lack of trust by trump and to a certain sadly a certain extent within the republican party a lack of trust in experts um which is hypocritical at the least Right, because this was Trump's whole thing. Right, I'm an expert in business. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm an expert in deals. Well, I mean, if we're dismissing all experts, why are we trusting you, expert deal maker? Um, Right. So, and and it's no good. People study. uh, They learn. They they do. They work hard, and they become experts in their field, and they deserve our respect. For that accomplishment, and they deserve our attention. Do we always have to agree with them? No, but we need to listen. Uh, and I think that's one of the primary issues that we've seen with this administration is just an inability to to listen to uh, to other sides uh, when they disagree with us, even if they're they're experts, which is disappointing.
1: Yeah, it is. But uh, but again, unfortunately, it's not something I can be surprised by. So no. you know, I don't know. Again, there's only so much we can beat on that dead horse. But let's beat on one other dead horse for just a minute. This voter fraud thing, Chris Kobach. Uh, wow, yeah,
0: three shows in a row. Awesome. That,
1: yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, you it's know what? Fave. Again, it's a good idea. This one is my fave because you said, you know what? Again, genius. Let's let's trust the experts on this one. Was asked whether or not Hillary, whether or not Hillary Clinton won the uh, popular vote. Uh, we'll probably never know the answer to that question. Was Mr. Kobach's response.
0: Now a little bit of that was tweaking of his quote because I read the whole you know the article that wasn't from the Daily Beast and the the Beast with their headline was a little bit misleading. I'm not now I'm not I'm not coming out and saying like oh this guy's great. We need to listen to everything that he says. He's fantastic. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of trust uh, in this person and their. Their motives for everything. Um, but the point that he was trying to get across uh, was that look, you know, we think that there were three to five million uh, ineligible voters who may have voted in this election, um, and that that could have swung it either way. You know, because they came back to him and they said, well, does that mean that the Trump's votes that led him to win the Electoral College? Are they in doubt? And he said, absolutely. You know, so uh, it's
1: just coincidental that he thinks that there are three to five million voters who voted illegally. And and, and again, he has no proof of this at all. No real proof. He just think he just happened to pull that three uh, to five million out. And that happens to be Hillary Clinton's margin of victory.
0: Three to five million. Now, I could be wrong. It's always possible. I believe the terminology they were using, there were three to five million ineligible voters who could have voted. Right. And that's in keeping with the numbers put out by Pew about the ineligible voter issue.
1: There are at least 362 different places where I could have stubbed my toe today, but I managed
0: not to. I'm, I'm just saying. And this and again, I mean we I mean if we if we want to beat this dead horse, we can beat him over and over again with just the fact that okay, look, there are according to the you know, non-political Pew Research Committee, there are roughly 3 million or so um, ineligible voters floating around out there that could lead to voter fraud on a, on a wide scale so maybe we need to take a look at that and see if there's a better solution cuz maybe there isn't right because if the options are giving states you know enough power to by if the if it's possible that by per, by giving states enough power to purge their voter records somewhat arbitrarily right? That this will actually lead to more eligible voters being disenfranchised than it will stopping ineligible voters from voting. Ah, I I, I think that that, that cure is worse than the, is worse than the illness, um, which in some, and that's, and that's what happened. And from my understanding, that's what happened at least in one state that tried to do this, right? That actually, stopped more people from voting who should have been voting than it did stop people from voting who shouldn't have been voting
1: so well it 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 hurt in florida in the run-up to 2000 supposedly that's what jeb bush tried to have done um in florida
0: and it it knocked a bunch of people off the voter rolls right Uh, and so the the cure was worse than the illness so maybe there's not maybe there's not really a really good way to fix this maybe this is just one aspect of life that we have to live with And we have to do our best to prevent voter fraud. This is why I'm not opposed to voter ID laws. Right. I know that there have been studies to find that this hurts minorities more than more than other people. I get that. And that's, you know, we need to find a way to remedy that. But at the same time, I get that I should probably have to show my ID when I say I'm Tim Schausser. I'm going to vote.
1: I, I do too, but the time to talk about voter ID laws is right now, and that's my problem with voter ID laws, is that Republicans wait. They're not Republicans aren't talking about wanting voter ID laws right now.
0: I think that's part of when this whole thing, though. When
1: there's, when there's plenty, plenty of time. If you want to do a voter ID law, then talk about it now.
0: Uh, I, Get I think people, they give are. people I time. I think they are. I think that's part of all of this. I, I think that's all wrapped up in it. I do no, no, no,
1: not and not at the federal level. You got to get them talking about it at the state level. I think right
0: now, they are. Maybe, maybe they not. I mean, I, I where
1: I haven't read anything. There's nothing. I don't I not like it read was an ongoing conversation and an ongoing battle. talking about I mean, passing new voter ID laws right now. They're not doing it. They'll wait until six months before the election.
0: I mean, if they're not, then like I they agree, always do. Right. I'm not necessarily convinced that they aren't, but if if they aren't, then okay. I, I agree with you. They should now, but I think if they, if, if they do, they're going to get flack from the ACLU. I think it's going to be an instantaneous pushback that look, they're trying to stop minorities from voting. Um,
1: I I don't think so. I think if you go about it in the right way, if they tried to put out laws and say, you know what, like if in North Carolina said, okay, look, we're going to have this voter ID law. It's not going to be in effect in 2017, not 18 and not even 19 for local elections. By the next presidential election, 2020, we're going to have a voter ID law. So you now have three and a half years. And if they laid it out and they said, this is what you have to do to get if You don't already have some kind of photo identification. This is how you can do it. You've got three years to get this, to get a valid photo ID between now and 2020, and they were fair about it, I don't think they'd get
0: as much pushback. I, I really well, don't. I hope that's true. Because to me, it's legitimate that you have to, not only that you're, you have a voter ID, but your, your name has to match, the name and address on the ID has to match what's in the what's on the, the, the what's on your
1: voter registration. Sure. I I think
0: that's, and that stops what we were talking about with the fact that you, you can be eligible to vote in two States, right? That solves that problem, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I, I think this is a very legitimate thing that we should be moving forward with now. Like you said, it needs to be now and it needs to be very affordable and very easy to do, which I think that it is. I, I don't think that $10, is extreme you know um i i think that that's okay
1: uh yeah and they need to they need to lay out make it easy and make sure that everybody at the dmvs and these places understand this is how these are the things that are acceptable proof of where you go and you know i I think there are ways to accomplish this but anyway we got to move on round of applause who you got
0: I want to give my round of applause to the Terminator. He got such a bad rap uh, by the end of his time in California, and I I think even I was starting to feel a little bit negative towards him. Um, But he is taking up the cause of gerrymandering. Uh, It has a video out right now sort of outlaying why this is an issue and and how they can fix it, and he talks about what they did in California. Uh, and It's I, I, we've talked about this uh, this issue a number of times on the show, and I think that it is one of the, the cardinal sins of our political system, and doubly so because there's such a clear, easy way to fix it, right, uh, that, you, that you're just taking this out of the hands of the politicians and being put into an independent commission, um, an independent committee to handle it. So a round of applause to you, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger for taking up that cause.
1: Yeah, totally. That's, that's cool. He and Obama can work together
0: on it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, and what a great thing, you know, I'll I'll, Yeah. I'll spread that love out to president Obama. That's a a fantastic, you know, thing that he's chosen to be sort of his, his, his cause Royale and his post presidency. So absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to, that, that Supreme court case is going to be interesting. We'll, we'll have to talk about that because they're going to hear it. You know, so that could that could change the entire thing Be right huge. there in one yeah. big swoop.
0: Come yeah. on, Supreme Court. Make it happen. Yeah. Let's do this, do, Judge do, Neal. Do,
1: do the right thing, kids. Yeah. Judge Neal's got a shot to do something. So my round of applause goes to Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona. Uh, Mr. Flake is uh, running against uh, Deidre Aboud. I hope I haven't pronounced that. Incorrectly, she's, you probably a have. she's a Democrat for the. She's a Democratic candidate for the U.S. Senate, running against Mister Flake. She is a Muslim. She posted a very nice message on her Facebook page the other day about uh, loving the United States and uh, separation of church and state and things like that. And she was greeted by some charming folks uh, with outstanding things to say, such as "Ban Islam in the USA" and "We hate your filthy death cult," and you know, just some really nice, the typical. Good feelings that one expects out of social media. Uh, In response to all of this, uh, Senator Flake came back with, hang in there on Twitter. Hang in there, Deidre2018. Sorry, you have to put up with this. There's lots of wonderful people across Arizona, and I hope you find them uh, as a message of support to his opponent. Uh, that is fantastic it was it was was lovely it was yeah very lovely she responded back thanking him uh, and uh, and thanking him for his thoughts and his leadership and it was it was it was it was a boy it was and it, it sucks that I looked at that and thought god that's amazing because it that's the kind of that's the way it ought to be
0: it that is. really is the way yeah. it ought to be. that, I mean, that really should both. be par for the course, right? We should see that all the time. It shouldn't um, be shocking. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it is surprising, unfortunately, uh, and and all the more credit due to, to Jeff Flake for doing that. So yeah, definite round of applause to him. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So I, we're, we, we've got a, we've got a couple of things. I think all of which are sort of. Uh, connected to talk about, uh, I read an interesting article about uh, money in Chicago. Uh, there was a, a, a sugar tax that was halted by a judge that would have added, I think, uh, something like a, a penny per ounce, a penny an ounce tax on sodas or unhealthily sweetened beverages that would have helped fund uh, prosecutors. And, uh, that tax was halted by a judge, you know, because it's America, we don't do taxes. That extra 16 cents on, on your can of Coke was going to really kill you. Uh, and, uh, and now they've had to, not only are they not going to hire more prosecutors for the, for Cook County in Chicago, they're going to have to lay some off and people are continuing to be Chicago is just in a terrible place right now from a violence standpoint. We just had that that lovely Australian woman who was shot in her home after she called police to report a disturbance somewhere else. Uh, oh, that's and, awful! God, uh, it just makes you nauseous. It it does the entire thing. I mean, and it, but it 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 makes me nauseous as nauseous as it does all of this other stuff. And 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 now uh, and then on top of that, I read this article from uh, Vox talking about uh, Jeff Sessions in a. Uh, uh, speech praising the anti-drug program dare and talking about how much it had worked and, uh, uh, back when we were kids and, and you know, it, there's all of these things going on from the violence in Chicago. Illinois is actually going to be effectively a bankrupt state. I think I read that somewhere because they're just completely screwed from a, uh, uh, spending standpoint and they're not able to that nobody wants to raise taxes but nobody wants to cut spending and it's finally really coming into a head with the entire thing and it's leading to law enforcement sort of being handcuffed in places like chicago uh all of this excess and and the response to this polit- what, what is interesting to me is the response to this woman being killed in indiana in minneapolis and how different it has been to some of these other because we we should we should be outraged by this as outraged as we are by some of the other elements of violence why isn't anybody looking at her and saying well she must have been doing something the way that a lot of people look at a lot of these these african american folks that get shot and go well they must have been doing something wait you know it's it's okay. not i, I and I, I just i wonder if this is not is this evidence that this is not as much a race thing as it is a cop thing. Are our cops trigger happy? Because that's what it's starting to feel like to me. Like this is badly trained police officers more than it is a race thing. And I'm sure there's race involved in some cases, but in a lot of in some of these cases these have been Hispanic cops, they've been they've been black cops. You know, this was, this was a, this was a black cop that did this in, uh, in Minneapolis,
0: well, 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 so is this,
1: you know, what, what is, what, what, is the, these are just things that I've been thinking about the last few days as I've w- sort of watched this unfold, what, what are your thoughts on all this? We'll get to the dear, dare thing in a minute.
0: Well, well, one, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, where are the people saying that she must've been up to something? Um, but also where, I mean, where, where are the protesters? I don't don't see anybody out there. Has there been has there been massive street protests? No, no this? not a thing. No, no, not, not a, a one. Uh, so A that. But B, I mean look, our our cops have guns. You know? And they're thrown into life and death situations constantly. Um, uh, and these things are going to happen. That's, I, I and maybe that, I don't know, maybe that's crass, maybe that's terrible. Uh, and absolutely the steps need to be taken and need to be investigated and all that sorts of stuff. But we, we've armed the people who are, who are here to protect us. We've armed them with guns and they get sent in the situations, um, where it's life and death, split second decision making time, and there is almost there is no way to avoid this sort of stuff from happening. There, there just isn't right, uh, and this sort of situation seems much more cut and dried a little bit than than others uh, in the sense that it sounds pretty straightforward that they got called into a situation. Uh, there was a loud Bang, a loud noise. This person in the dark started running towards the cop car and he pulled the trigger. You know. Obviously he, he shouldn't have. Um But man, I I hate I hate Monday night quarterback and somebody who is out there with his life on the line trying to look after us, trying to protect us. So I, I don't know. I I'm not willing to sit here and say our cops are trigger happy. They've caused this. I'm not, I'm not ready to go there. Um, now I I will definitely say like, why wasn't your body cam on? Like, it seems pretty clear that your body cam just needs to be on pretty much. You know, anytime that you get sent on a call, that has to be your first move is to, is to switch that on. Uh, and and there's certainly nothing wrong with, with more training and, and all that sorts of stuff, but no, I'm not ready to say that our, our police are just trigger happy. Um,
1: well, I'm not, okay. I'm not necessarily trigger happy is the wrong phrase. It's, it's not a matter of, it's not that I'm, I think we've got a bunch of cops out there that are just itching to pull their guns. What I'm, what I'm talking about is that, and this is, this is a question that I don't think it's asked enough. Look, I, I work with cops every day. Okay. I, 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 and I, I love every one of my police officers that I work with. They're, they're good people. And I have no doubt about that whatsoever. But is it a question of training? Is there something that we're not, because this does keep happening. And you can't, no, and that, you can't deny that this, and it's been happening. It seems like it's been happening more and more and more and more and more. And is this a matter of, how we're training these people, how we're funding these people. What what are we doing wrong? Because right now, everybody's looking to blame somebody. And I'm not looking to blame anybody. I'm looking to try to wonder why we're not talking about whether or not there are other things that we can do. And, uh, you know, as, as, as a whole. You know, because this comes up in Black Lives Lives Matter gets mad and wants to blame all the cops. And then everybody on Fox News wants to blame Black Lives Matter. And it's this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, I just, I want to know, you know, is there something that we're missing, you know, in this? And and is part of, you know, why does it feel like a cop's first move is to their gun these days, you know, um, in situations like this? Yeah, um, I, you at know, least in some cases, it seems like that, that, that just seems like that's the case. I'm sorry. And I don't like mo- mo- Monday morning quarterbacking any more than you do, but that's just the way it feels right now.
0: Well, and that's one thing when we talk about, it, it seems like there's more of this than ever before. Right. Um, there's, there's a serious issue with numbers available. Right. Um, and, I, and, I th- I, and I think you're right that we need to we need to learn more about why this sorts of stuff happens, because there are experts out there that are saying that there is no that there has been no increase in the number of police shootings. Right. As in police. Now, there is sadly been an increase in the number of police killed. But there doesn't seem to be an. There, experts are saying that there's there's not actually an increase in the number of police shootings, like as in police shooting other people. That there's just more coverage of it. Um, now the 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 catch to all that is that there actually aren't really, at least from my understanding, really any reliable source of statistics um, to base this on. Right? It's not like we can publish. You know, you can, you, we, you know, the FBI publishes. You know, violent crime statistics for 2015, for 2016, we can see trends, right? That doesn't exist, from my understanding, for police shooting other people. And, and it should, and it needs to, so that we can see if there are issues, if there are trends, if there are things going on. Um, so always, knowledge is power, let's do this. But it definitely does need that research and this movement, this push for this does have to come from a source of, hey, we're all in this together. Let's let's figure this out and see. And unfortunately, that's going to be really hard to do uh, in the current situation, because there are a lot of people who have gone to the side of all cops are pigs and racists. And they're just trying to kill people. And so now you've got a response from the other side, you know, with blue lives matter. And that is not the case. And cops are amazing. They're awesome. They don't do this sort. So I, I don't know, honestly, how you go about finding that middle ground with how, how high emotions are running right now. Do you?
1: No, I don't. I, I, I don't have any idea and I one of these days it's it's a conversation that I want to I want to broach with a couple of people I think I, that I, I could potentially have that conversation with because I I I don't know how you I, I, I don't know how to have that how to start that conversation because again I want to reiterate that's I am not trying to place blame on anybody this is not a blame thing for me this is a you know and and, and but what bothers me a little bit about that response that that and I don't think you meant it this way but that there's that, I, that idea that, well, we're just now, the numbers aren't, you know, that's the same amount of police shootings as usual. Shouldn't we be working to bring that down anyway? I mean, isn't that isn't that an acceptable goal? Isn't that something that we should look at and go, well, the numbers are the same. That's still, it's still too many. Let's try to find a way to make that better. What's wrong with trying to talk about it like that? Um Maybe they haven't gone up. Maybe public awareness. Uh, maybe the fact that we know more about these now is a good thing, and it and it should get us going. Gosh, I didn't know there were that many of them. We got to, you know, we got to try to uh, to find a way to make it better. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it it's just it's 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 just so frustrating, you know, and. Uh, And and I guess uh, this is this is one of those things that I there's there's always all this shouting these days. And I get so tired of it because it's it's so it's so painfully obvious that it's counterproductive. And, you know, it was one of the reasons why I appreciated Obama was because he never played into it. That's one of the things that drives me crazy about Trump is that he does play into it. He contributes.
0: Yeah. You know. yeah i miss obama
1: yeah don't we all so all right so let's talk about the drug stuff um we got because we got a few more minutes um i i I was i was amused by that statement from from sessions and i don't i don't want to give sessions i don't want to give sessions crap about it, because i i I just think it 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 shows a level of uh, a little bit of a level of naivete and i know that you know i don't want to you know i don't want to to track because i know dare was nancy's baby so i don't want to you know act like i'm hating on nancy i'm not it's okay uh you know but my memory of as as i mean i we were kids right in the right in the thick of the dare thing right and i understand what they were trying to accomplish but my memories of dare as a kid who i had a dare t-shirt and and a dare hat and i i went to dare stuff with cops you know what i was i was six years old in the second grade Seven. Well, seven. snow, seven, eight years old in the second grade in Oklahoma City, and a cop brought in uh, a marijuana leaf and a bag of cocaine.
0: Nice
1: to, to to scare the crap out of us. I was eight. That's how old I was. Yeah, I was eight. As as this was a precursor to Dare. I mean, I I get what they were trying to do, but it clearly didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I, and and I, don't, I mean I have no statistics, I know nothing about any of this, but I just I look at my generation and our thoughts on drugs, particularly on weed and, and a program that was directly pointed at getting us off drugs when we were nine years old was a miserable failure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know, you know and we
1: are I think right now in the middle of a pretty good drug. I, I think we're this is a Renaissance sort of drug epidemic that we're in the midst of now. And yeah. nobody really seems to know how to do it to, to deal with it. And the idea of bringing back something like friggin' dare is just painfully naive.
0: Well, and the hilarious, the hilarious thing right now for me anyway, is the lack of understanding of what happened with the dare program. The dare program didn't actually leave. Uh, it just got updated uh, and it's now called keeping it real. Um, And this kind of goes back to just this unwillingness to trust the experts. Hip-hop and Uh, cool and fresh. Yeah. Keeping it real. Now it's fresh. Um, Oh, my God. Well, this one does seem to be working. So, but... Okay. you know this is a lack of one of the experts who said you hadn't seen statistics well well I have I mean this the, the statistics are out there the experts have spoken the this the uh, the original dare program was a monumental failure when you look at you know the goal it had a very clear goal keep kids off drugs this didn't work uh, and what's hilarious is you read sessions talk about how great the dare program was and everything if you go to the dare website right, Go to dare.org or dare.com, whatever it is. And their lead story, at least last week, was talking about how the original dare program didn't work. And really, (laughs) yeah, like, I mean, it was just hilarious for me, (laughs) like hearing my attorney general general talk about bringing back a program that the very people who did the program are talking about how that program didn't work. But then also the hilarity of the fact that he's talking about bringing something back that never actually left. They just renamed it and updated it based on the advice from experts. And it now seems to be having better success. And it's less about, you know, this, the fear factor and more about educating kids on the effect this can have on their lives and, and all that sorts of stuff. Um.
1: Yeah, that's okay. That's and that's that's what's important to me is is that that level of education because that was that was what the drug wars were about to me. If if you talk to me about what people were trying to tell me during the late '80s and throughout the '90s was that it was this idea of scare tactics, and that that it's very baby boomer. This idea that if you just scare the shit out of somebody, that'll make them do what you want, what we want you to do. Because that's what that's what they did to us constantly when I, when I was a kid. Everything was going to kill you. Everything was going to ruin your life. If it was loud music to sex and, and, and drugs and, and all of this other stuff, you know, walking home alone, taking candy from strangers, the, the, uh, that, that uh, thing about the razor blades and the apples, you know, if you got fresh fruit from somebody on Halloween and, you know, having to sort through all the Halloween candy and make sure nobody left any hypodermic needles in there because, you know, that was, that was a thing and people were doing. It, it was like it, if the 80s and 90s were epitomized by anything to do with parenting, it was entirely about scaring the ever-loving crap out of your kids. And I mean, it, it, like, it didn't work. It didn't work. And I'm not saying that's what our parents did, but that was what the news media did. It was what a lot of I think a lot of government programs were trying to do. And it, you know, the this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. If you if you talk to kids about, you know, this is what you know. Th- these are these are the problems that you can have that are associated with drug use. And this is, these are the things that you got to look out for you know, and be honest with them about it. And I think you're going to have more success. And it sounds like that's what they're doing.
0: Right. It is. And I really now part of me wants to go back. Cause everyone is now I feel like I only did half my job and I'm worried if maybe that's the case. Um, I, I want to go back and see what sessions actually said, because if you do, if you go to dare.org, it, it's super sassy. The little thing that they have on there. Right. Um, and it's being super sassy towards reporters. They said contacting dare for comment proves too much work for today's reporters. Instead, they Google and quote a 21 year old study. Um, so basically what happened, yeah. what they what they said is that Jeff, so basically all these comments, right. That everyone's talking about came from where Jeff Sessions spoke at the dare international training conference and he praised the program. Right, Um, And so I don't know if now maybe I'm guilty of doing what I always say don't do.
1: Tim, I've got the quote. Speaking at a DARE conference session said, DARE is, I think, the best remembered anti-drug program today. In recent years, people have not paid attention to that message, but they are ready to hear it again. We know it worked before and we can make it work
0: again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way he I mean, says that's pretty, that's pretty, that that's, pretty it, that's
1: pretty clear to me.
0: Well, the way he says it makes it sound like bring it back and all that sorts of stuff. And and what dare would seem to argue is that we never left, you know, we just took the initiative 10 years ago to, to partner with, um, the university of Pennsylvania and their psychology program there and their addiction program there to learn more about how we, how we can more effectively reach teens. And this is what led to the updating of the curriculum, uh, into this keeping it real. Um, and and so that's where I'm confused by sessions with him talking about bringing it back and all this stuff. Like it doesn't sound like it left, um, that has just been updated. Now maybe he means bring it back in the sense that people have, they're not using the keeping it real program and that we need to be pushing that, uh, the same way that dare was once pushed, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that.
1: Maybe he got confused and recused himself from fighting crime, and actually was going to participate in the Russia investigation instead. It, I, you know, it's it's an understandable mistake. Um, I, I I I want to talk more about uh, about this drug thing and the the opioid epidemic, but I don't I don't I don't think we have I don't think we have time to do it tonight. But I, I do want to get into that at some point because, uh, you know, again, I think we've talked about some things that that could be done and are being done to work with kids, but we have this whole other generation of people our age that are really in a bind, you know, from a, an addiction standpoint that we're not dealing with that. Again, they love to talk about it. Trump particularly talks about it all the time. What he's actually doing about it. I have yet seen anything. So I am, however, just exhausted with all this winning. So I think it's time we go.
0: <clears throat> I am too. Winning feels, feels so good.
1: Yes. We, we
0: we we don't win anymore. But now no, we're, we're but I'm tired. I'm with you. I'm I'm tired. excited to talk about the the drug epidemic. I do have very firm beliefs on the ways that this can be handled and addressed. And I, I don't feel like Sessions has the proper attitude towards it. Um, I, no, I think I, there are I don't, ways I don't, to I don't think to fix that. And and when we're, while we're fixing it, to also help to fix our the overpopulation of our prisons. So I look forward to talking about all that next week.
1: And we will, but uh, have you, have you, have you, have you anything further?
0: I do not take us out with something cool.
1: Outstanding. Something cool. The, uh, so uh, getting back into what things that, that we needed to be freaked out by uh, when we were kids was the AIDS epidemic, you know, and AIDS was, it was, it was everywhere. You know, it was this really scary thing. Uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s that, that you know, was, was very real and very terrifying and nobody really knew how bad it was going to get. Uh, you know, there was a long time where we didn't even know how it was transmitted and it was, it was, it was really, a lot of people don't remember it necessarily now, but, you know, uh, you know uh, well, I mean, not a lot of people, but, I mean, this, this theory, we, are, we are coming up on a generation that does not remember just how scary, uh, you know, the AIDS epidemic was. And that's actually a great thing. Recently in The Lancet, one of the most respected medical journals uh, in the country, uh, reported that uh, now uh, antiretroviral therapies are at a point where uh, people are projected to live as much as 10 years longer than people who started uh, treatments back in the mid-90s. And there is life expectancy is now near normal. Uh, due to new treatments and drugs that's amazing Uh, it is a testament to what we can accomplish because we decided somewhere in there that we were going to fight this thing and it was it was a it was a concentrated effort between science and society and a little bit on the government side as well and everything just kind of went towards that and i mean we haven't wiped it out and it's still very real and it's still a problem and there's always you know the cost of all of this and it's a difficult thing but it does show that we can accomplish things and it's 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 really great that we've managed to to put that together so
0: yeah go us yay team that's fantastic news thank you that's very cool
1: that is all we have. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Find us on Twitter. I'm at Matt. Tim's at LibConTim. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>